0: Good morning Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Thursday, November 16, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Turning to weather, Riverside is looking to enjoy mild conditions today with a high of 72.2 degrees and cozying down to a low of 58.0 tonight. Now, let's take a glimpse at the top stories we're following for you. In a critical move to keep the government running, the U.S. Senate has passed a stopgap spending bill, effectively dodging a looming government shutdown. We'll delve into the details of this vital legislation and what it means for federal operations. The issue of veteran homelessness has found a beacon of hope. We're shining a spotlight on the West Los Angeles VA campus and its cutting-edge initiative poised to offer significant support for homeless veterans in the Los Angeles area. In international business news, pharmaceutical heavyweight Eli Lilly has just announced a massive $2.17 billion investment in a new plant in Germany. This strategic expansion aims to boost the production of their highly sought-after diabetes drug and enhance their product line. Stay tuned as we explore the potential impact on the global healthcare market. Those are the stories we're keeping an eye on. Join us as we dive deeper into these headlines and more here on Alex's News. We're leading today with the story that the US Senate has passed a significant stopgap spending bill, narrowly avoiding a potential government shutdown. For more on this developing story, we turn to our news reporter, Ethan. Ethan, can you fill us in on the details of the current situation?
1: Absolutely, Grace. As you mentioned, the Senate passed the bill with a strong majority vote of 87 to 11, following approval from the House. The bill is designed to extend funding for the federal government until early next year. Specifically, four federal agencies are covered until January 19, 2024, and the rest until February 2, 2024. Now, the bill only needs President Biden's signature to go into effect.
0: That sounds like a critical development, Ethan. Could you delve a bit more into the key elements that led to the passing of the bill?
1: Well, Grace, the bill passed in the Senate with bipartisan support, which is fundamental in such decisions. However, interestingly, the backdrop to this is some friction within the House Republicans. A faction of conservatives voted against the bill, pushing for spending cuts that were not included. This internal dispute poses a challenge to the House Speaker Mike Johnson who had assured his commitment to passing full-year spending bills next year.
0: So, Ethan, what might be the implications if they don't reach a long-term spending agreement by the deadlines?
1: If there's no agreement by then, Grace, it could trigger a 1% spending cut across all agencies starting April, a move designed to promote negotiations and avert another fiscal crisis. Given the previous governmental standoffs we've seen, even a minimal spending cut could ripple through multiple sectors.
0: That's a significant incentive to reach an agreement. Are there any other factors or peculiarities related to this bill that our viewers should be
1: aware of? Indeed, Grace. One of the reasons the bill garnered such broad support in Congress was its lack of poison pill riders, provisions that if included, often halt progress because they're controversial, like those pertaining to social issues such as abortion. The lawmakers wish to avoid those touchy areas to keep the focus on other critical proposals, including requests for aid directed toward Israel, Ukraine, and for U.S. border security, as mentioned in Reuters.
0: With all these details, what does the timeline look like for Congress now, and what are the possible roadblocks they could face in this brief respite until the next deadlines?
1: After President Biden signs the bill, Congress will have a window until January 19 and February 2 for different agencies to agree on longer term funding. This stopgap offers lawmakers a chance to turn their attention to legislating other priorities. However, it's worth noting that January 19 aligns with the Iowa caucuses, signaling the start of the 2024 presidential campaign. The political atmosphere around that time could influence or complicate spending talks.
0: It will indeed be an interesting period to watch unfold. Thank you for that comprehensive breakdown, Ethan. This has been our top story of the day, and we'll continue to follow the developments as they come in.
1: Always a pleasure, Grace. I look forward to providing updates as they emerge.
0: Up next, stay tuned for our second story of the morning. Turning to our next story. We're seeing some positive strides being made towards tackling a pressing issue that's long troubled one of America's largest cities. Our reporter Chloe has been following the developments at the West Los Angeles Veterans Affairs Campus. Chloe, this area has been at the center of controversy in the past, but it looks like there's a change in the wind?
2: Absolutely, Grace. The campus, nestled in the upscale Brentwood neighborhood, is pivoting from controversy to what could be a beacon of hope for veteran homelessness in Los Angeles. According to NPR, the VA is making real progress in creating housing for veterans with 233 units currently available and another 347 in the works. That sounds promising, Chloe. So how exactly is the VA planning to transform
0: this area into
2: a space for veterans?
0: They're doing more
2: than just building housing, Grace. The idea is to create a vibrant community with affordable living options alongside amenities like cafes, restaurants, and an art center. It's not just about shelter but establishing a supportive environment that fosters community and reintegration.
0: Los Angeles has the unfortunate reputation of having the highest number of homeless veterans nationwide, right?
2: That's correct, Grace. And it's in this context that the West LAVA campus's transformation is such a pivotal moment. It's a potent symbol and a practical measure in a city struggling with this issue.
0: But it's not all smooth sailing yet, is it? NPR also mentions some challenges still being faced.
2: Indeed, Grace. Despite the progress, veterans are hitting roadblocks, getting turned away, facing bureaucratic delays, and struggling to access resources or housing vouchers that could be life-changing. This situation underlines the need for better support systems and trust-building, so veterans feel empowered to seek and receive the help that's there for them. It's complex, isn't it? On
0: one hand, there's a clear commitment to provide housing. On the other, there's a reminder of the work that still needs to be done.
2: Precisely. And with the campus being in one of law's most expensive locales, it's a statement from the VA that veteran housing isn't just a necessity but a priority they're willing to invest in. Looking ahead, Chloe, what can we speculate about the potential implications of this project? Well, Grace, if the West LAVA can deliver on this transformative project, it might not just chip away at the homelessness figures but also serve as a model for other cities. It's not just about creating housing but about reintegrating veterans into the community.
0: That would indeed be a powerful outcome. Thank you for bringing us this in-depth analysis, Chloe. It's heartening to hear about these efforts to aid our veterans, and we'll certainly be keeping a close watch on the progress at the West LAVA campus.
2: My pleasure, Grace. It's a story that will hopefully have many more positive updates to come. Here
0: are some other headlines. In a series of pivotal global and domestic updates, today's top headlines touch on political tensions, environmental challenges, and international diplomacy. Senator Joe Manchin's Warning on Trump's Potential Second Term Democratic Senator Joe Manchin has expressed grave concern regarding the future of American democracy, cautioning that a second presidential term for Donald Trump could potentially be catastrophic. This warning serves as a stark reminder of the deep-seated political divisions and the anxiety surrounding the integrity of the nation's democratic principles. Biden's Focus on Asia-Pacific After Xi Meeting In the aftermath of a momentous meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping, U.S. President Joe Biden is recalibrating his administration's strategy to concentrate on the Asia-Pacific economies. This strategic pivot highlights the significance of this region, which is perceived as crucial for economic and geopolitical interests, especially in light of the simmering tensions with China. Takeaways from the Biden-Xi summit Key outcomes have emerged from the high-profile meeting between the leaders of the two world powerhouses, addressing sensitive issues such as the status of Taiwan, the trade of synthetic opioids like fentanyl, and the conservation of pandas. Despite high expectations, the summit reveals the intricate landscape of international diplomacy, brimming with both challenges and avenues for collaboration. Congress passes temporary funding. The U.S. Congress has fast tracked a temporary budget solution, pushing the larger fight over the federal budget into the upcoming year. This interim funding measure averts immediate economic turmoil, but still tees up a forthcoming confrontation over national fiscal policies and allocation. Renewed hope for U.S. China relations post Xi Biden meeting. The face to face dialogue between President Biden and President Xi has injected cautious optimism into the future of U.S. China relations. While numerous pressing issues remain on the table, this encounter is being viewed as a move towards detente, offering a glimmer of consistency within the intricacies of international relations. In other news, Israel's ramped-up military actions in southern Gaza hint at a possible escalation of the regional conflict. Meanwhile, Starbucks employees across the country are channeling collective solidarity through a one-day strike, signaling a broader canvas of labor unrest. In the economic domain, strategic investments into American farmland and substantial aerospace contracts, highlighted by Emirates' acquisition of 15 Airbus A350 900 aircraft, underscore calculated bets amidst the persistent fog of global economic uncertainty. Our third story today is an exciting one for the world of pharmaceuticals and the German economy. Eli Lilly, the esteemed U.S. drugmaker, has revealed plans to funnel a massive 2 billion euros into building a new production facility in Germany, largely motivated by the surging demand for their diabetes medication, now being widely adopted for weight loss. Ethan, you've been following this story closely. Can you tell us more about the current situation?
1: Yes, Grace. Eli Lilly's announcement comes at a critical time. Their diabetes drug, Monjaro, has been quite the sensation especially with its off-label use for weight loss gaining traction. The new plant is set to rise in the town of Alzey, which is a noted hub for the pharmaceutical and chemical industries, making it a strategic choice for Eli Lilly. The proximity to giants like Boringer Ingelheim and BASF, plus up-and-comers like BioNTech, really positions them for competitive collaborations and innovation.
0: The creation of new jobs is always a focal point in such announcements. How significant is this expansion for the local job market?
1: It's very significant, Grace. The new plant is expected to generate around 1,000 jobs, doubling Eli Lilly's workforce in Germany. It's a move that's grabbed the attention of the German economy and health ministers, who are participating in the announcement ceremonies. Job creation, particularly in a high-tech sector like pharmaceutical manufacturing, is always welcome news for any region.
0: With energy prices soaring due to the strained situation with Russia and the Ukraine conflict, isn't this move by Eli Lilly a bold one?
1: Absolutely, Grace. This certainly showcases Germany's status as an attractive manufacturing location despite the energy crisis. It seems Eli Lilly is looking at the long-term advantages, banking on Germany's established infrastructure and skilled labor force to offset current energy costs.
0: Now. Monjaro's performance must be a major factor in this decision. What can you tell us about its impact on Eli Lilly's finances?
1: Well, Monjaro's success has been a boon for Eli Lilly. They recorded a revenue increase of 37% in the third quarter. Moreover, their market value has shot up by over 65% this year, underscoring the drug's significance. With European approval for Monjaro's use in weight loss on the horizon. The company is clearly ramping up to meet expected demand, although it's important to mention that in Germany, state health insurance doesn't cover weight-loss drugs for non-diabetics.
0: And what does this expansion mean for Eli Lilly in the broader context of pharmaceutical competition?
1: It's a strategic move showing that Eli Lilly is aggressively pursuing growth areas, combined with their existing efforts in developing anti-obesity treatments and Alzheimer's disease medication. Establishing this new plant in Germany puts them at the forefront of the race with competitors, making this a key strategic advance.
0: Eli Lilly's history in Germany dates back quite a while, doesn't it?
1: Yes, since 1960, Grace. Their commitment to Germany has been long and fruitful. This investment is both a nod to their established roots and a vote of confidence in the German business environment. It cements Eli Lilly's presence as a crucial player in the German healthcare scene.
0: It indeed reveals a lot about Eli Lilly's ambitions and the faith they have in their products. Ethan, thank you for bringing us all the details on this significant expansion for Eli Lilly in Germany.
1: You're welcome, Grace. It's a story that could have quite an impact on the pharmaceutical industry and the economies involved.
0: That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4. GPT 3.5 Turbo, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.